welcome back to our Faithful Lives series. Today, we move on to creation. So when we hear the word creation, what comes to mind? At least for me, that is what I remember. And those are the words that stick to my mind up to now. I was surprised that there was no mention at all of uh, the sequence of the creation. There was no mention of the sky or water, the sun, the moon, the birds, or the animals. I realized that this class would like us to delve deeper into the act of creation. Why God created and not anymore the sequence of creation. So Christian faith speaks, therefore, not only of creation from nothing, which points to the omnipotence of God, but also of creation done with intelligence, with the wisdom of God. Eternal procession of the three divine persons are the foundation of their creative work. Processions that we attribute to each. We attribute omnipotence to God the Father, wisdom to God the Son, and love to God the Holy Spirit. So all three working together as one God is the source of creation, is the creator. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So when we say the heavens, we don't just refer to the sky above us. So the cosmos, all the planets and all the stars that we see in the sky. And of course, uh, well, the earth, our earth. So three things are affirmed in these first words of scripture. So the eternal God gave a beginning to all that exists outside of God. And the totality of what exists depends on God who gives it being. So strictly speaking, only God can create, which implies making things from nothing and not from something that pre-exists. He is the um, sole creator because he can he made something out of nothing. He made the heavens and the earth out of nothing. And before he started that creation in, from the very beginning, before he did that, there was nothing. So in the beginning, there was only God. And before he created, it was just him. And uh, it needed God in order for heaven and earth to come about. Because we are saying and we know that um, God is present in the material things of this world because he has caused their creation. Therefore, we should see the material things around us as a reflection of some of the attributes of God. We see in the things around us in his creation um, a reflection of his beauty or of his order um, in the flowers that we see in our garden or the, or the trees in our community. So this should not make us avoid falling into extremism where 
the material world is pitted against the spiritual world. And there are some people who say, of course, the spiritual world is paramount, is better than the material world because God is all spirit. God is spirit, but God also created the world and the material things in this world around us. Therefore, it is good. So we also have to treasure the material things around us because they come from God. And it's a reflection of God's providence and the way he would like to look after us. So through him, all things were made. So the world is the fruit of God's wisdom. It is not the product of any necessity, nor of blind faith or chance. God is complete in himself. He did not need to create the world or to create man in order to have company because he was getting lonely. He was by himself. That is um, not how God is because God is complete in himself. He did not need anything. So, so there. So human reason may gra grasp creation with, with a little, with great effort and only in a spirit of humility and respect towards the creator and his work. Christianity from its very beginning had great confidence in the capacity of human reason to know and great certainty that reason, whether it be scientific reason or philosophical reason, can never reach conclusions that are contrary to the faith since both proceed from the same origin, since both proceed from God. So there can never be any contradiction there. If there is a seeming contradiction, maybe, for example, between creation versus evolution, where did man come from? Man is created by God, or man evolved over time from the apes, or the Big Bang Theory. It is only, it is merely a question of time, or before enough knowledge is uh, developed and reached before we understand how God really made things work. But we should always to say that it cannot be the advancement in science or, or philosophy will never result in a conclusion that is contrary to our faith because they both proceed from the same origin. Maybe it needs only more time or more study or more maybe holy people in order to, to grasp really who God is and how he works. The Lord, the giver of life, proceeds from God's free will and he wanted to make creatures share in his being wisdom and goodness. We read, the Lord is good to all and his compassion is over all that he has made. And then from Genesis, uh, we see this passage. God saw that it was good, very good. 
because creation comes forth from God's goodness, therefore it, it shares in that goodness. And then from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, for God willed creation as a gift. So what then is his purpose in creating us? Why, why did God create man? Why did God create the heavens and the earth? If he is complete in, in himself and he does not need anything. So that's one reason. This one true God of his own goodness and almighty power, not for increasing his own beatitude nor for attaining his perfection, but in order to manifest this perfection through the benefits, benefits which he bestows on creatures with absolute freedom of counsel and from the beginning of time made out of nothing, both orders the corporeal. And then God not only gives creation being and existence, but also and at every moment upholds and sustains his creation in being. It enables them to act and brings them to their final end. But we are also aware that evil exists in the world. So where did evil come from? If God is all good and therefore all that he created is good. So to this question, as pressing as it is unavoidable and as painful as it is, no quick answer will be enough. So only Christian faith as a whole constitutes the answer to this question. So there is not a single aspect of the Christian message that is not in part an answer to the question of evil. God makes use of the concurrence of his creatures and he grants human beings a share in his providence, respecting their freedom even when they do wrong. What is, but what is truly surprising is that God, in his almighty providence, can bring a good from the consequences of an evil. It is a great and mysterious truth that in everything God works for good with those who love him. The experience of the evil in the world around us seems to show a tension between God's omnipotence and his goodness in their action in history. The answer to this apparent conflict is the event of Christ's cross, which reveals God's way of being and is therefore a source of wisdom for all mankind. So in the, in the crucifixion, when our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross, we saw how God was able to uh, bring forth good from this evil. And that is what uh, should give us faith that in the end, um, whatever travails we might have to go through, our Lord will pull good out of it. Um, maybe now, in our present situation where we are in the middle of a, of a health pandemic, and really we do not know how it will end or whether it will end, when it will end 
for sure our Lord is going to draw something good from this. Maybe we ourselves have um, experienced already. We have heard many people say, I wish we could always be this way. Because now all families have their meals together most of the time, or if not all the time. So everybody is at home and living simply and living really as a family, having meals together. God created, well, right now we see three categories. We, need, we see his pure spirits, which are the angels. He created material things, corporeal things, um, like the birds, um, the dogs, the trees. But he created a third category composed of part spirit and body, part corporeal. And that is us, no human beings. So in the spiritual world, God created the angels. So this is a truth of faith and we see it written in the sacred scriptures and we have stories from tradition also that talk to us about the angels. The angels we see in scriptures, we see their double function of giving praise to God and being messengers of his saving plan. So I think we only know of, well, we only know of the archangels, their names, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. And um, they were messengers of, of God's saving plan. So the New Testament presents the angels in relation to Christ. They were created through him and for him. They surround Christ's life from his birth to his ascension, being the announcers of his second glorious coming. So, so really, the angels were there from the beginning of our Lord's time here on earth. So it was the angels who called the shepherds uh, to adore uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. And they were there when he was born. And they, are, they were also there when he ascended up to heaven. From birth, each of us is accompanied by an angel who protects us and leads us to life. You know, this truth is in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, point 334 to 336. No? So it is really there that each of us is accompanied by an angel who protects us and leads us to life. So that is who we call our guardian angel. So each of us has a guardian angel. It is, going, it is a good um, practice to develop a relationship with our guardian angel. Some have suggested giving a name to our guardian angel and talking to them in order to, be, to develop a relationship with them, to ask them to help us 
get to our final end, to always help us make the, the right choice, even if it is difficult. So the angels were created in a state of trial. Some rebelled irrevocably against God, and therefore they fell into sin. So these are Satan and the devils. They had been created good, but became evil by their own doing. Because they chose, they were tempted. They wanted to be as powerful and as knowledgeable as God. Because of that, um, our Lord had to part ways with them. And that is why they became the, the black angels or Satan and the devils. But we always have to remember that they are pure spirit. And that God had given them, had given his angels intellect and will. So intellect, I suppose, superior to that of man. And will, superior to that of man as well. Therefore, when this, some of these angels chose to go against God, that choice, that one choice is enough for them, for God to, to banish them from heaven forever because uh, they were very intelligent and they had a very strong will. And, be, and in spite of that, they had chosen to go against God. And then in the material world, we see that God endowed the material world with its own stability, truth, and excellence. Its own order and laws, which is the very nature of creation. So this command is not an invitation to a despotic exploitation of nature, but to participate in God's creative power. Man collaborates in the perfecting of creation. So God has placed man on top of all his creatures in order to make perfect the rest of God's creation. Uh, he placed man over the rest of the material world, not for man to exploit nature. And I heard... Um, I heard somebody say before that, that's why in the Our Father, we say, Our Father who art in heaven, holy be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. The will of God be done here on earth as it is done in heaven. To achieve that, God has placed man um, to help him in that task. So Christians share the just demands raised by ecological sensitivity in the past decades without falling into a vague divinization of the world and affirm the superiority of man over all other creatures as the summit of the creator's work. So we should not fall into that, well, mistake of, of making the rest of the material world divine as if they were above man so man is above all the other things that our lord created with that directive god has also asked that we 
that man learned to use his power over the rest of the material world in moderation. Here are some points about man. Men and women in their diversity and their complementarity, both willed by God, possess equal dignity as persons. So because of that, it's not right to put women no, below men or for there to be a, a class war or a gender war between men and women. Both men and women were willed by God and therefore they should be treated equally. Human beings participate in the creative power of God. Moreover, their intellect and will are a participation, a spark of God's wisdom and love. While the rest of the visible world is a simple vestige of the Trinity, human beings are a true image of the Trinity. Knowing this about creation, what are some practical considerations? One, what should our response to God's invitation be? How we respond to God's invitation that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might determines how and to what degree we will find true happiness and complete freedom. It is in our response to this invitation. So God creates and saves the whole man and all men. Responding to God's call and loving him with our whole being is intrinsically united to bringing his love to the whole world. And then another consideration is that we should adopt an attitude of reverence, adoration, and humility, knowing that we are each a child of God. Faith in providence leads Christians on, to an attitude also of filial trust in God in all circumstances, with gratitude for the benefits we have received and with simplicity and abandonment to God in circumstances that may appear bad, since God brings greater good out of evil. And then aware that everything has been created for the glory of God, Christians try in all our actions to seek the true and that fills our lives with happiness, the glory of God and not our own vain glory. We struggle to rectify our intention in our actions so that we can say that the only purpose of our lives is this. Deo omnis gloria, all the glory be to God. Because all our human activity is a participation in God's work of creation. God has chosen to place man at the forefront of his creation, conferring on him dominion over the world so that we may perfect it with our work. Therefore, human activity can be considered as a participation in God's work of creation.
these words from Saint Jose Maria Escriba. It is in the midst of the material things of the earth that we must sanctify ourselves, serving God and all mankind. Mm -hmm.